Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Novel. It's 4am on Friday, June 9th, 2006. The sun is yet to rise over Danbury. I was in bed and, you know, you kind of heard all these cars kind of pulling up. And you kind of subconsciously wake up and you look out and you see them. And you're like, all right, well, here's the day. The day AJ has feared since the FBI raided the Galante garbage yard last summer. The day the feds come for his dad. AJ rubs the sleep from his eyes and rushes to Jimmy's bedroom. To be with him by his side if needed, and my mom's like, yeah, he already left. Jimmy's gone to work at the yard, early as usual. So when the feds ring the bell, it's AJ who opens the door. Hey, he's not here. You know, they were polite. They're like, okay, do you mind if we just take a look around? Just, you know, come in, look. They look around, they confirm he's not there. AJ watches on as the agents give his home the once-over. Then they get back into their cars and drive off over to the garbage yard, leaving AJ and his mum in the dust, their heads spinning. A lot of uncertainty, you don't know what's going to happen, and unfortunately the only thing you could do is let it all play out, see where it goes. And where does it all go? Well, straight to the local newsrooms. Since the FBI raided Jimmy's yard almost a year ago, Danbury crime reporter Karen Alley has been watching closely. She's been pestering her contact at the courthouse for information. What do they have on Jimmy? Can you give us anything? Can you let me talk to the prosecutor? He was, like, always shielding the prosecutors, you know what I mean? Which is annoying for us as a reporter. Today, though, her source sends her the email she's been waiting for. He gave me the indictment. It was long and... um, I don't think any of us in the newsroom had covered anything quite this big. 
we had no idea how big it would be. We had no idea there was going to be a connection to the Genovese crime family. The charges were pretty, pretty massive. And the counts, like, wow, that's a lot of counts. Jimmy's in deeper trouble than she imagined. I don't remember even in federal court ever covering a case that had 93 criminal counts. You know, I didn't realize it, but it was going to kind of overwhelm our newsroom for the next several years. One of the largest FBI takedowns in Connecticut history is now underway. Jimmy and his business associates are driven in handcuffs from the garbage yard in Danbury to a court in New Haven. Just hours after Jimmy's arrested, he's seated before the magistrate, who reads the charges against him. Count one, racketeering. Count two, racketeering with conspiracy. Count three, conspiracy to extort. Count four, witness tampering. Wire fraud, aiding and abetting. Conspiracy to defraud the Internal Revenue Service. On and on it goes, until Jimmy's heard all 93 charges. The magistrate refuses him bail. Jimmy's taken straight to a federal prison cell on Rhode Island. Meanwhile, his declared assets are seized by the feds, including his garbage company. Jimmy's got no idea what the future holds for him or for AJ, but he does know one thing. This is the end of the trashes. I'm Claire Crofton. From the teams at Novel and iHeartRadio, this is the Fighty Pucks. Game nine, no angel. It doesn't take long for the story of Jimmy's arrest to hit the national news. I found out about it just like everybody else did. Over in Missouri, the commissioner of the United Hockey League, Richard Brassell, is hard at work preparing for the next season. And my VP of communications came into my office and said, uh, you got to turn on the TV. And I'm like, why? James Galante was arrested along with dozens of workers from the trash company. The waste industry in Connecticut has been infiltrated by organized crime. Kamish, we have a major problem. Jimmy Galante's house was just raided by the FBI and they raided his office and they've confiscated everything and they're taking the team. Everything's frozen. The mob used muscle to stifle competition. At the head, Maddie the Horse Ionello, running the scam in Connecticut, James Galante. Oh, my good God. You got to be kidding me. Oh, my God, I'm exhausted. The trashers have brought the commissioner headache after headache. But this, this really takes the biscuit. Now I have all the other owners calling me like it's my fault. How could this happen? They have a point. The trashers have trashed the league's reputation. The commissioner knows he needs to kick Danbury's bad boys out once and for all. Trouble is, over the past two years, he's grown fond of Jimmy Galante. Man, I love that guy. Love that guy. Don't agree with him, what he does, but, you know, he loves his family. Luckily for Brussel, the decision is taken out of his hands. The FBI are now in control of Jimmy's assets, and they're not in the business of running hockey teams. 
On Monday, the 12th of June, 2006, the UHL releases a statement. The trashes are done. Commentator Phil Jubileo is down at the Danbury Ice Arena when the news breaks. There's not going to be a season three. We're going to spend the next month kind of closing operations down. Oh, it's just like all the wind was taken out. Like everyone was just like sad and depressed. The players sit around, despondent. Mike Omicholi, Diamond Dave McIsaac and Brad Wingnut Wingfield. They're all broken men. Picture an inflated balloon getting deflated. That's exactly how we felt. This was just, boom, it's over. You're done. What am I going to do now? I had to try and resettle my life. Man, you went from up so high to down so low. Shitty. For T-Bone Pompicello, the trash's equipment manager and head of pranks, the news cuts deep. I've buried my mother, my best friend, and lost the love of my life. That feeling was the same feeling I got the day that the trashes were disbanded. Outside the arena, word reverberates around town, reaching the trashers' diehard fans. And then we found out the FBI disbanded the team. That made my wife crying her eyeballs out a lot. She was hysterical. My stomach dropped out. My heart was so broken. I couldn't take it. I just fell apart. When Greg and Brenda Sinclair caught their first ever hockey game in the downtown arena back in 2004, it changed their lives. They committed themselves to watching every Trashers game they could, home and away. We followed them to um, Elmira, New York, and then from there down to Roanoke, Virginia. Recognising Greg and Brenda's dedication to the team, Jimmy gave them lifetime passes, but that life was now over. I felt like I lost a lot of friends. I'd say more like a family, I guess. It was a lot more quieter. It was like there was there was nothing here anymore. It was just like... It was like the world stopped. The world Jimmy created, the business, the team, it all comes to a standstill as Jimmy sits in his Rhode Island jail cell, powerless for now. But Jimmy being Jimmy is not sitting on his hands. He assembles a top legal team, led by defence attorney Hugh Keith. They start to mount Jimmy's defence and join the media circus. They have detained him without bail, put him in jail, incarcerated him, frozen every asset that he has. Welcome to America. You're Italian, you're in the trash business, in the eyes of the government, you're a mobster. Then, on the 30th of June, after 21 lonely nights in the slammer, Jimmy's lawyers succeed in getting him released from his cell. On the condition, he posts a $2 million bail. Jimmy leaves jail protesting his innocence, preparing for the fight ahead. But he'll have to fight this one from home, with a monitoring tag around his wrist. Jimmy is under house arrest. Despite his confinement, he's determined. Show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. I'm not here to lose, I'm here to win. (laughs) And I'll win at any cost. There were a lot of things in my case that I was, in fact, guilty of. But there were an awful lot of things that I was accused of that was wrong. 
That's coming up after the break. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From the moment I started working on this story, I wanted to hear Jimmy Galante's side. Jimmy underpins the whole thing. He lit the fuse that launched the Trasher's rocket ship. At first, it all looked like an explosive success. But by the summer of 2006, the Galantes found themselves among the twisted wreckage of disaster. I wanted to ask Jimmy how it felt to have risen so high and then to have fallen so far. I finally managed to get Jimmy to agree to an interview. Obviously, I'm as tough as they come, but I asked my colleague Austin to come along, you know, just in case. I don't know. Are you nervous? I'm a little bit nervous. Why do you feel nervous? I don't know. He's just kind of like a bit of a, like intimidating dude. I wasn't sure which Jimmy I was going to meet. The Jimmy who donated millions to good causes? The jovial, generous Jimmy? Or the one I'd heard screaming at people on the FBI wiretaps? The Jimmy Galante you do not fuck with. Hello, nice to meet you. I'm Claire. Lovely to meet you. Hi. Jimmy is sitting across from us in a big office, peeking out from under a cap. He's in his late 60s, tall and lean in a pale pink polo shirt. His jeans look like they've been ironed, and his tan work boots are immaculate. After we introduce ourselves, we're shown into a quiet room. This, I mean, you can push to come out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it. It's not going to be locked over here, okay. but optically it's going to look like it's locked. It won't be the first time I've been locked up. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk to Jimmy about. 
that summer of 2006, when he was locked up. How did it all go so wrong? There's the FBI side, there's my side, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. There's a very, very fine line between the good guys and the bad guys. Where are you on the line? I'm Switzerland. I'm in. I'm neutral. I'm in the middle. <laughs> Either side of the line? Well, maybe a toe. <laughs> I'd been told time and time again that Jimmy had a slow, deliberate way of talking. That when he looks at you with those dark blue eyes, you feel like he's looking into your soul. And it's true. Sitting here with Jimmy is intense. And it's clear that Jimmy doesn't agree with all the allegations that have been levelled against him. But before we get into that, let's start with the facts everyone can agree on. The fallout from his arrest in 2006. When it all went down uh, and I got indicted, I was put on house arrest. And the government had a, a no-visit list, people that could not come to see me. When the government took my company over for... Uh, alleged racketeering, and they run it until they can sell it, and it's their job to preserve the company and cut costs, and, uh, you know, the treasures was not expense the government felt that they needed, and that was the end of it. Nothing more than that. Probably the saddest part, other than having to face my son and, you know, feel like I was a disappointment, I disappointed all my other kids here. You know, they had to pack up and leave and without even being able to say goodbye, without even being able to, you know, give them an explanation. When Jimmy says, all my other kids, he's talking about the trashes. All my players were like an extension of the Galanti family. They were, they were my boys. And as the summer of 2006 passes, everyone around Jimmy starts to move on with their lives. AJ graduates college. The former trashers leave Danbury and join other teams. And Jimmy's still stuck at home under house arrest, fantasising about his day in court, when he might finally get to share his side of the story. I wanted to go to trial. It was a multifaceted case. Jimmy and his lawyers start to prepare their arguments. But first, they have to sit through a bunch of pre-trial hearings where the prosecution lay out their case. It soon becomes clear what Jimmy's up against. Like, say, the 50,000 wiretap intercepts. Some of the more damning ones were played to Jimmy in the courtroom. There is absolutely nothing, nothing that'll make your hair stand up on your arms than to be sitting in that courtroom and you hear your voice and you hear what you said maybe in a fit of rage that they can use against you and you say to yourself, oh my God, what did I do here? You've heard some of the calls. They do sound a little incriminating. Tell the cocksucker that I said, quote unquote, that unless he wants a fucking nightmare, get that fucking thing out of there now. Absolutely. Okay? Good. Of course. When I asked Jimmy about his telephone manner, his answer's pretty simple. It is what it is. I don't make excuses for it. You know, I had a temper. I said what I had to say. With a battle of epic proportions on his hands, Jimmy dedicates a room in his house to fighting the many charges against him. 
It's a kind of war room with a large table where he can spread out the piles of documents and files. Every day, he and his defence team assemble, working out how to beat the charges. But there's some worrying news. Other defendants have started to fold. The courts are offering plea deals. In September 2006, even Matty the Horse Ionello pleads guilty to a racketeering charge and is sent down for almost two years. And when Jimmy's own business associates in Danbury begin striking deals with the courts, he gets even more nervous. They'll basically, if guided properly, will say exactly what the US attorney wants them to say. Jimmy's offered a plea deal himself. He still wants his day in court, but being a savvy negotiator, he's open to hearing what the state's attorney is offering. Their first offer came back at 25 years, and I kind of smiled because I can get that if I went to trial and lost. And we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and it started to get dragged out. By the summer of 2008, Jimmy's been confined to his house for two years, and he's getting tired of negotiating. You get to a point where if you go to trial, you're looking at 25 years, and if you make a deal, you're looking at eight years. So as AJ would say, do the math. And then the state's attorney ups the ante and slaps him with the ultimate ultimatum. I remember getting a telephone call four or five o'clock on a Wednesday. I was politely told by my attorney that I had told four o'clock Friday afternoon to take the deal that was on the table, which was 87 months. If I didn't, they were going to indict AJ. Why? Because Jimmy had bought AJ a garbage company, as you do. And they said that my money was proceeds from racketeering. Tangling AJ up in the whole dodgy business. The FBI have Jimmy by the balls. If he continues to fight for his moment on the stand, he risks AJ's freedom. So he takes a deep breath and makes a big decision. That's after the break. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. 
Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels. And do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. As Jimmy Galante weighs up his options, journalist Karen Alley is still glued to the case. Everyone's wondering, what's he going to do? Is he going to plead guilty? Is he going to go to trial? Is he going to keep fighting? You don't know. Everything's cloaked in secrecy. The day of the plea hearing arrives, the 3rd of June, 2008. Karen travels to the courthouse in New Haven. There was a wait beforehand in the hallway. He was waiting with his lawyer and others. Then finally, when we got inside the courtroom, it's a beautiful big courtroom, very imposing, very beautiful. And it was almost like a church. There was Jimmy next to his lawyer. There was FBI guys, people on the prosecutor's side, plus a lot of reporters. But Jimmy won't be talking to reporters today. He's here to answer to one person only, the judge. Ellen Burns, this legendary judge, way up on this It's almost like a pedestal. You know, she doesn't look like she's that imposing because she's this elderly woman with white hair. But believe me, she's a very imposing judge and had a legendary career and obviously had a lot of power. She asked him, are you challenging any of the prosecution statements about what you did? He very quietly said, no, Your Honor. And now for the moment Karen and the assembled crowd have all been waiting for. The judge asks Jimmy how he pleads. He leans into the microphone and quietly utters the word guilty to three of the 93 charges leveled against him. Racketeering conspiracy, conspiracy to defraud the IRS and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The first charge, racketeering conspiracy, is basically a catch-all phrase for dishonest business dealings, like fraud, extortion, coercion, that kind of thing. In Jimmy's case, it includes the no-bid Shelton note, fixing contracts, and the regular mob tax payments to our old friend, Matty the Horse. That's over $100,000 a year, by the way. And wrapped into the racketeering conspiracy charge is that old allegation FBI agent Jeff Waterman told me about, that Jimmy had been involved in torturing a rival's truck in the 90s. The second charge Jimmy pleads to is conspiracy to defraud the IRS, mostly tax offences. And the third charge is wire fraud conspiracy, linked to everyone's favourite band of hockey bad boys. You remember how hockey leagues have rules about how much players can get paid. And you remember the duffel bags of cash, the lakeside cottages, and the extra contracts that Jimmy offered the trashers. Well, the FBI did the maths. They accused Jimmy of breaking the UHL salary cap. Usually, this offence would be dealt with by the hockey league, not the FBI. It would result in a fine, not a prison sentence. But Jimmy provided inaccurate payroll figures And so the FBI charged him with defrauding the UHL out of fines he owed for breaching the cap. Jimmy pleads guilty. All's fair in love and war. (laughs) 
Jimmy doesn't exactly seem remorseful about breaking the law. In the same way, he doesn't seem to regret breaking the rules of hockey. It's all just part of his philosophy. Win at all costs. And it's when I talk to Jimmy about the trashers that I realise just how far he was willing to throw the rule book. We did all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, probably the funniest thing we did was we had to win a game or two to get into the playoffs. And it was a home game. In a home game, you're responsible to put the water in the bottles for everybody. So we decided to put Visine in the goalie's water. Well, what it does is it makes your stomach go absolutely crazy. You start to vomit. You start to get severe diarrhea. And I'll never forget it. We were standing up there and AJ's looking at me and I'm looking at AJ and I'm smiling. And AJ goes, what's the matter? I said, just watch. And all of a sudden, the goalie's moving. He's sliding left to right to left to right. Poof, he makes a mad dash to the bench and that was it. He was out of the game. They put the second string goalie in and we won the game. Did people ever say that you played dirty? You know, that it wasn't fair that you were winning? Well, you know, people are entitled to say what they want to say, and I would always tell them, you know, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. I'm, I'm not here to lose, I'm here to win. <laughs> and I'll win at any cost. Any cost? Any cost. Is there anything that you wouldn't have done? <laughs> um... Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I really can't answer that because we only had two seasons. <laughs> this mentality to win at any cost, to keep on winning, it's a motto that runs through all aspects of Jimmy's life, hockey and business. He says it's what drove him to build his trash empire from the ground up. It got to be a game with me. I had two trucks, I needed to have four trucks. And then I had to have 10 trucks. I just wanted to win. I just wanted to win. <laughs> How tied is money to winning? Are they one and the same or is it an element of winning? Uh, money was always a side issue. To me, it was beating a competitor to get a, a garbage account and, you know, coming to work every day and, you know, maybe there's 15 commercial accounts on the road and AWD picked up 13 of them. That was a big deal to me. And what about his competitors? People who say that his rule breaking choked them out of business or people who claimed Jimmy forced them to sell up? I think it's sour grapes if competitors that couldn't make it would take millions of dollars from me to purchase their company and then turn around and say they were pushed out. That's a fallacy. I don't know why my growth was any different than uh, a Home Depot. A Home Depot's have put uh, little hardware stores out of business. To, I mean, you know, come on. Why is it any different? Because why is it? Because I'm Italian and it's the garbage industry and it has a reputation. I, I don't get it. Just to play like there was advocate, people would argue that with the court cases and the indictments and things coming out about, like, your relationship with Matty the horse, that it is a bit different to, like, Starbucks putting, like, small coffee shops out of business just because of... Well, let me, let me ask you a question. If you grew up in a neighbourhood and, you know, you were around a lot of people and some of them you were friends and um, 
put yourself in my shoes. Jimmy was born in the Bronx, New York. His dad worked two jobs and was struggling to make ends meet. Jimmy was the eldest of six and had to earn money for his family from a young age. So he's right there. Our realities are very different. It's hard for me to put myself in his shoes, to understand why he did the things he did, why he believes the things he does. Listen, Claire, you've never heard me say I was an angel. No, that's true. You've been very upfront with me. You know, it's just tricky when you hear, like, different perspectives and different stories and people would share their experiences and it's just trying to map it all together. The people that have formed their opinions of me, you're not going to change that. I really don't care. When he pled guilty to those charges in court, Jimmy confirmed some of the worst suspicions about how he made money and got ahead of the competition. Jimmy may say he doesn't care about other people's opinions, but I'm not sure that's always been the case. Remember when the owner of the Trash's rival team, the Adirondack Frostbite, Trash talked Jimmy in a post-game interview? He compared Jimmy to Tony Soprano, meaning... He's nothing but a gangster. Why did it touch a nerve, that comment? Because I don't really see myself as a gangster. People put labels on people when they really don't know the facts. And I don't have to explain myself to anybody. If you don't know me, keep it to yourself. Now, if you're brazen enough and you want to say it to my face, we can have a conversation. And it doesn't mean that I won't deal with you, but I know where you're coming from and I know you're real. Why do you think you had that? Well, yeah, being referred to as a gangster. It was stuff that was going on in the papers at the time and... Listen, you hate to stereotype people, but at the end of the day, you're of Italian descent. You were born in the Bronx. You're in the garbage business. And there's a stigma. And that stigma is attached to you. And whether it's true or it's not true, it is what it is. And uh, you know what? If I had a dime for every time I got blamed for doing something that I sincerely didn't do, I'd be a happy camper. But it is what it is. How much of it do you think was, like, fair and what was unfair? Bottom line is I'm not going to get into a lot of stuff. I will tell you this. I'm far from being an angel, but I'm also not the devil. That's it. Did you ever wonder what it would have been like if you had taken the more sort of like straight-laced path and, um, I don't know, being a mayor or like just being a straight-up businessman no, and uh, I, I, not I, got I, involved? I like being Jimmy. I chose a path and uh, you know what? Right, wrong, or indifferent, uh, for the most part, I was very successful at it. You never once ever heard me say that my problems in life were because of uh, Maddie the horse or this or that. I'm a big boy. I did what I did. Truthfully, at the end of the day, I have nobody to blame but myself. On the 3rd of September, 2008, three months after his plea hearing and after two years of house arrest, 
Jimmy was sentenced to just over seven years in prison. He reports to the Allenwood Federal Correctional Institute in Pennsylvania at the beginning of October. He's ready to pay the price for his actions. But the trouble is, he isn't the only one shouldering the cost. Without a dad or a hockey team, AJ has to start picking up the pieces of his life. The house of cards comes crumbling down, that's it. So it was the worst feeling in the world. It's time for AJ to rebuild. That's coming up in the final episode of The Fighty Pucks. The Fighty Pucks is produced by Novel for iHeartRadio. For more from Novel, visit novel.audio. The series is hosted by me, Claire Crofton, and produced by me, Joe Wheeler, and Amalia Sortland. The executive producer is David Waters. Story editing from Max O'Brien, Mithily Rao, and Austin Mitchell. Our field producer is Babette Thomas. Our fact-checker is Dania Suleiman. Our hockey sensitivity reader is Nikhil Desai. Production management from Cherie Houston and Charlotte Wolfe. Sound design, mixing and scoring by Daniel Kempson. Music supervision by Nicholas Alexander and David Waters. Original music composed by Eric Phillips. Willard Foxton is creative director of development. Special thanks to Sean Glynn, Katrina Novell, David Vassaman, Sean Tytone, and Beth Ann Macaluso. Novel. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive Budget Beach Finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Generations Riviera Maya Resort and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.